before I pray over, before the message, let me just tell you a silly story. Uh, the story goes is that there's an elderly Jewish lady up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, the neighborhood has changed over the years, and things have gotten downhill a little bit, and her three wealthy sons decide that they need to get mom out of there. And they uh, search, and the one boy buys her a home in uh, Bergen County, a big, beautiful, glorious home. Um, servants, cooks, whatever you want. The um, other boy, realizing that Bergen County is very different than Brooklyn. Brooklyn, everything's upstairs and down the street. So every everything you can imagine, from the beauty parlor to the nails to the doctors to the is on this street. And the next block, it's repeated again. So you never have to walk more than two blocks. Uh, in Bergen County, it's very different. So the other guy got her a uh, second son buys her a a limousine and a limo driver. 24-7, these guys are wealthy and they available at her beck and call. And the, um, the third son, he hardly knows what to get mom. She's got the cooks, the cleaners, the servants, she's got the house, she's got the limo, the driver. Oh, what can he possibly get? And he wants to get her something really special. And as he shops around, he finds in the back of an old Jewish bookstore a, a very special uh, South American bird. Uh, minor bird, but this bird is amazing because it speaks Yiddish and it speaks Hebrew and it sings Yiddish and Hebrew. This bird can put her to bed at night with, uh, you know, Bamiya Vistushane wakes her up in the morning to Shema Yisrael. And uh, uh, it's a perfect gift for mom because she can't fool with those CDs and those tapes and she's losing them and doesn't know how to operate them and so on. Well, First son uh, calls and wants to know how mom's doing. And she picks up the phone and, says, and he said, Mom, how do you like the house? It's cold. It's drafty. I hate it. And strangers are walking around. The other day, I came down the foyer. I didn't know if I was going upstairs or downstairs. I want to go home. Hangs up. <laughs> Second son calls up and she said, Mom, what do you think? The, li the limo service? Ugh. He makes me sit in the back seat. He smells from burgers and, and unkosher food. And I don't think he's a Jew. I hate him. I, I want to go home. Bang, hangs up. Dirt's is afraid to even call because, what, I mean, they say a house, a car, servants, and she's annoyed at these guys. So finally he works up enough and she calls up and Mom, what do you, oh, Herschel, I'm so glad to hear from you. The chicken was delicious. See, she. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, let's begin with prayer. Our Father God, we thank you and delight ourselves the fact that we come into your sacred holy presence laughing, giggling, and enjoying the things of God. That's because you did that. You made us feel comfortable in the presence of the Almighty because of what you've done for us and you became a, a child and you became a, a person to identify to us the living God and uh, we feel holy, uh, your holiness and we stand without blame in your presence. Lord, thank you. Now, Father, speak to our hearts through your word, that your people, it's your word, bless us and enable us to bring kingdom's word in such a way that you bless souls. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so now I guess I have to turn this on. Hopefully this will work. And it's, um, 
for some reason it's not, well, there it is. Okay, it went to the gift of God. Uh, what are you doing with the gift of God is the question. Uh, and uh, what is the gift of God? Every good and perfect gift comes out of the Father of lights, with whom no variance, no shadow of turning. And every gift comes from God in the book of James. What is the gift of God? If I ask you that question, you might come up with some ideas. Ecclesiastes, and this is one I not, did not think of, tells us that the gift of God is to enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. And we never think about that, but uh, wealthy people, and even us who are very wealthy, uh, to sit down in your own tent, in your own chamber, and to enjoy the fruits of your labor, that's a gift of God. You think you worked for it, uh, try working against him. Uh, every man also to whom God has given riches, wealth, we see this in, in Timothy as well, has given power to eat thereof, the ability to take his portion, health, resources, rejoice his labor, this is a gift of God. Uh, you wouldn't think that because we're told in our Christian faith to be not materialistic, but the abundant life is one of the things that Jesus came to give. So uh, with, with this uh, uh, caution, enjoy, yes. However, be thankful, yes, unto him who is God for all things. And with this caveat, be warned. Be warned. What is a man profited if he gained the whole world and loses his whole soul? Don't lose, use your, lose your perspective on what's really important. Uh, and uh, be obedient. Don't rob God. Uh, you know, um, uh, tithes, offerings, uh, give back to him. And you can't outgive God. Uh, the more generous you are, the more you, you give to the work and the kingdom of God, the more you take care of those who are, have less. Uh, the homeless, the, 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 those who need food and shelter. The more we give to charity, the more we give to God, the more God will benefit you. It's amazing you cannot give God. Don't rob God. Don't rob God. Well, um, more of the gift of God. In First, Second Timothy, we wherefore put in remembrance to stir up the gift of God, which is anybody but the putting of my hands. So in this case, we're talking about a spiritual gift, a spiritual gift, um, there's a lot of confusion about these individual spiritual gifts, uh, and I don't want to go a whole lesson on it, but just a few thoughts. Uh, in the past, God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders and diverse miracles, gives it only goes according to his own will, that in the time past, the, uh, the gifts were given to individuals to credentialize the scriptures. Moses' miracles, Elijah's miracles, and the miracles that surrounded the apostles as the New Testament scriptures were being credentialized. Uh, that's not the only time gifts are given, or the only reason gifts are given. However, that was. Uh, now, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit every man. Uh, individual spiritual gifts are given now to everyone. Everyone has a gift. Um, and aside, um, uh, I think the gifts primarily are given to you and when you're newly saved and immature. And my theory is that as you grow in your relationship with God through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit enables you to do more and more things as you go closer to Messiah Yeshua. You may have an aptitude, spiritual aptitude, to do something more likely that you'll be involved in that than in this, 
But as God enables you, you'll be able to do this as well as you grow in God. Um, however, uh, the purpose of the gift is to profit the body, to build up the body. Let me show you something about this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, talking about the gifts. Uh, again in 1 Corinthians, hello. Uh, and again in 1 Corinthians, and again in 1 Corinthians, Ephesians 4, in two places, all referring to the spiritual gifts, all talk about the single purpose of the gifts is to edify, to build up the body. Let your speech use you for edification. Let your example be for edification. Let your instruction, let your discipleship. We are here to edify each other, build up this building called the Messiah's church, uh, his body. All right, so that's the that's spiritual. And that is called the gift of God. However, when I think of the gift of God, and when you think of the gift of God, you think of something else, and I'm going to give it to you. Jesus answered and said unto her, the woman at the well, uh, uh, if you knew the gift of God, and here we have our, our, our gift of God, and who would it say to give, give me the drink, you have asked him, he would have given the living water, living water. In that conversation, uh, the gift is Messiah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the gift of God is Messiah Yeshua. Jesus is the gift of God. For God so loved the world. Uh, the religion I come from and the religions of the world do not have this, con have this concept very well welded in their hearts. We think uh, in Judaism, and we're going to, I'm going to step down for a second let Jamie give us a song. In Judaica, the undying watcher of the Jewish faith is the great Shema. And the great Shema is hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in that Shema, it's followed by these commands that are given to the Jewish people every single Saturday, every single service, they recite these words. And that's the greatest commandment to them. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your soul. We are commanded to love God, but we never think about the fact in Judaism that God loves us. Jamie?
Thank you, Jamie. On that thought about loving God and God loving us, we're commanded to love God, and I'm afraid that uh, the Jewish religion sometimes becomes rather stern. The Islamic religion is, is rather stern about loving God and loving and obeying God. Um, there was a Jewish man I knew, um, uh, his boy had, a uh, young fellow got saved. You met him at the... Uh, uh, the uh, fellowship in Voorhees uh, Bible Bible Chapel, Craig. Craig. Thank you. I didn't know his name. <laughs> Craig is a young Jewish fellow who came to the Lord. His dad's name was Lee, and his, Lee lived in Pennsylvania. And um, I was over in Jersey, and Craig calls me one day and says, "My dad attempted to commit suicide. Could you go visit him? Uh, well, I don't know where he is, which is rather strange, but." Uh, I happened to know police and emergency people in those days so I could hunt him down pretty quickly. And I found him in, the, in an emergency unit in St. Mary's Hospital. And they was there with guards and so on. But I could tell that he didn't just tempt his life because he was, there were nobody attending to him. There were no uh, tubes or pipes or doctors. or He was sitting up in a chair by himself. It turns out that two or three days earlier, he becomes so depressed and despondent, he tried to take his life and slashed his wrists and did some uh, vicious damage. Then he, the last minute, he thought about the shame and the embarrassment that his son would have to bear with his father committing suicide. So he bandaged himself up as best he could. But two days later, he had a therapy class for his legs and knees or whatever from insurances, and he went to the rehab place, and they saw the bandages, and they did what all of the professional people need to do. They reported it, and the police came, and they took him to the clinic, and there you go. When I got there, he was uh, comfortable. He was, uh, he makes a living. But, uh, but uh, he, he was comfortable. He was uh, being tended to. And now, here's, it's almost humorous. Here's a guy who was so drastically willing to change things that he was willing to take his own life. And here you introduce a professional missionary 
who's paid to witness the Jewish people and a peasant Jewish man is willing to die, how much trouble do you think it would be to present to him the gospel message? And an hour and a half, two hours later, he's still wrestling with me. And uh, somewhere along the line, I asked him, why didn't he, you know, and he said, because of my son. And then it hit me, and I went to, to Genesis where Abraham, God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and offer him there as an offering. And that's a picture of God offering his son, and I explained the whole thing to him with God there, you know, in replacement of Isaac, they found a, a ram caught in a thicket. But the prophet Abraham said, my God will provide himself a lamb. Rams and lambs are not the same thing. I wouldn't know that at the back 40 in Brooklyn, rather sparse, but, but uh, they told me the ram is a mature animal and so on. And this immature lamb was caught in a thick, uh, was, uh, this ram, mature animal, was not the replacement that God, Abraham the prophet promised. 2,000 years later, John the baptizer sees the Messiah Yeshua coming up out of the baptism of water and says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus is the Lamb, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and all of a sudden it went click in Lee's heart. Wow, wow. God loves me so much. And we sang about it this morning that he would die for me above all. You know, and what a, what a great message. That's not in the Jewish uh, mind. It's not in the rabbinical teaching. It's in the Jewish scriptures, but uh, all of a sudden it hit him. And the love of God, the fact that God would so love the world that he gave his son, uh, it hit him and he weeps and cries and receives Messiah Yeshua. He got the gift. He got the gift. Hallelujah, Baruch Hashem. So um, when we think of the gift of God, uh, we know um, the wages of his death, but the gift of God, here we have our word again, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. Now, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus the Messiah whom thou hast sent. Uh, the scripture here is a little out of, out of context. Scoffers' last days are making fun of the fact of the return of Messiah, which is not necessarily connected to eternal life, but I think of the scoffers who make fun of the fact that we have life beyond the grave. Uh, Judaism is so confused here. Uh, the scriptures are clear, but the religion is very muddied. Uh, for instance, when you go to the cemetery, you put something over all the mirrors, so you can't think about yourself. You can't focus yourself. You, um, you um, wash your hands when you come back. They're dead. They're buried. It's done. You take dirt and you put it on the coffin. And you have to hear the final denality of the dirt. Hear the coffin. They're dead. They're gone. They're buried. And most people, even though they know the religion says otherwise, they believe in your heart. When you're dead, you're dead. That's it. There is no eternal life. You're not coming back. We're, we're all going to the same place. It's, 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 it's the ground. And um, that's what most people really believe. Because to believe in eternal life is to believe in heaven and hell. And you can't believe in hell because you don't have any security. So what do you do? You just dismiss it like it's not going to happen. 
Most people say, eh, when you're dead, you're dead. It's all over. What are you going to do? Make the most of your life now. And most people really hold to some kind of belief that when you're gone, you're gone. People in the doggy park, what do they really believe? That, you know, Usually it's not discussed in the doggy park, but the one Jew that I know, the atheist that you know, yeah. pretty sure when you're dead, you're dead. You're dead. That's it. I, um, my, um, my family is all gone for the most part, the older people and... And they, uh, I remember my mom would say, uh, when you're dead, you're dead. But then every once in a while she'd say, uh, 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 she'd find something. She said, my father, Sidney, told her where it was. Now, that's kind of unusual because, first of all, if he did tell her, she wouldn't have believed him anyway. And, uh, and, uh, and now, all of a sudden, I talked to Sidney the other day. That's great. My father's hearing wasn't so good when he was alive, and now that he's dead, I have a hunch his hearing's really bad. But uh, uh, they just, uh, uh, they don't have any real, real hope or faith. We have the knowledge of eternal life. Um, it's, um, I, I love sharing with believers when I have, I don't relish the fact that anybody's passing, but as a chaplain at the Memorial Park, I have to do a lot of funerals with people who aren't saved, or I just don't know. And every once in a while, I get to do a funeral for a person whose family has assured me that they are saved, and they, and they have eternal life. And what a joy it is to be able to share the message of reconciliation, of restoration, of eternal life. As a, a story goes about a, um, a, uh, um, a pastor who comes out of Dallas, Texas, and he's relocated in Brooklyn to open up closed churches. Uh, and they, it's a very uh, involved ministry. They get zoning laws, they, get rule, they, they buy property, and they find an old church that's been closed down, worn down, dilapidated, and they get the carpenters to uh, uh, get the work and the mechanics and all the Gentiles, Jews can't do these things. And they build, they re furbish the building and they get local merchants to donate the paint to donate the products and they make a big charitable thing and they rebuild this building and uh, they open up a church right in downtown Brooklyn right in Brighton area and, and um, uh, they got this thing going um, uh, they, uh, a few days before he was going to open up for Christmas Eve was going to be his first service and just before the first service a nor'easter comes through and, and there's, does some terrible damage. Behind the pulpit, there's a big piece of plasterboard comes out. Just water damage, just ruined. And uh, it, it can be repaired, but not in the time before the service is planned. And very discouraging. And in his traveling through sort of uh, one of those thrift shops, he saw a piece of tapestry that would just cover the hole. And it looked religious. It looked perfect for that uh, spot. I cover my holes with calendars when I punch the wall. Nobody hears like that. But uh, uh, so anyway, so he has it all covered up, and it looks nice. And um, there was an elderly lady who um, was obviously doing uh, a cleaning woman who was waiting outside for the uh, bus to come. And if the weather's raw and it's cold and he knew the bus schedule. He knew she was going to run another 35, 40 minutes. He said, why don't you come in and wait in here? 
So she said she'd like that, and she sits down in the back, and she starts to crochet, and she's got all the paraphernalia, and, and she sees the tapestry. And she says to the pastor, Pastor, does that say BGW embroidered in the back? And he went, look, it, it does. I made that. That's a tablecloth. I made that for our first wedding anniversary. But the stormtroopers came by and took my husband away. And a week later, they came and took myself. And after the war, I went back and the city was destroyed. The street was torn up. I couldn't even find where our home was. And I had no idea how it got here. Oh, I'll give it back. Oh, no, no, leave it. Leave it in the house of God. That's wonderful. He said, well, at least let me give you a lift home. Oh, that'd be so nice. He goes and gets his car out of the parking and puts her in the and takes her over to the Verrazano Bridges, takes her over to um, Staten Island, uh, Richmond, they called it. And uh, she goes up the stairs, he waves goodbye and comes back and goes home. The night of the first meeting, several people came out and uh, one of the those ubiquitous old men, those Russian-speaking guys and German-speaking guys who sit down and hang out forever, uh, watching, playing chess, whatever, sitting about that row, and he doesn't leave. And he gets up and walks out, and he's just standing there. Pastor comes up, is everything all right? He says, does that, 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 uh, does that say BGW in the back right-hand corner? Pastor says, I know it does. My wife made that. That's a tablecloth. She made it for our first wedding anniversary. But the stormtroopers took me away, and after the war, we could never relocate it, and I never, how to get here? He said, get in the car. Get in the car. He says, why? He said, just get in the car. Drives him over the Verrazano Bridge and takes him to the house in Richmond. He says, go on up the stairs. Just go on up. Knock on the door. You'll be welcome. You'll be home. Don't you just love reunion? Don't you just love the fact that we have eternal life. There may be somebody that you want to get back to that you can't wait to get close to, that you can't wait to see again. And I suggest to you that the person that you should be most anxious to see is the Lord and Savior who gave himself for you. That's the face you should be focused on. But we have, we have hope. And we shouldn't sorrow as those who have no hope because we have the gift of eternal life. Um, the gift of God is salvation. And uh, for by grace you say, we have it right here, is uh, you say through faith. That is not of yourselves. And let me just do something here for you. It is of God. Now the word it is in the neuter gender. And if faith was referred to, faith is the gift of God, it would be feminine. If grace were the gift of God, it would be feminine. Since grace and faith are not the gift of God, the gift of God is salvation. For by grace you say, are you by God's grace, are you say through your faith and salvation? It is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. Now, we talk about losing our salvation. Uh, there's thirty things that have to happen to us the moment we get saved. Salvation is not here. Hold on to this and don't lose it. Salvation is going into a cocoon and coming out metamorphed. You are uh, you are no longer what you were. You may walk like a caterpillar, you may look like a caterpillar, but you are a butterfly now designed for something bigger and greater and more splendid, more marvelous. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, never to be changed again. You have been 
now look, let me just listen. You are adopted. You are accepted in God. You are a gift from God the Father to God the Son. Uh, how can he's not going to take it back? You have access to God. You are blessed with the earnest, which is the Holy Spirit. You, have com you are complete in him. Chosen generation. Citizens of heaven. Um, I took that away so you have more space. You are delivered from the darkness. Children of God. Free from sin. Uh, free from the penalty. Free from the presence eventually. Glorified. Uh, justified. Made righteous. Sanctified. Verified. Uh, this is just some of the stuff that happened. The moment you are translated, the moment you believe, you are saved. That's a marvelous and distinction thing. That's the gift of God. The gift of God is Jesus. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is salvation. And uh, the question is, is, what are you doing with the gift of God? Just a suggestion, by the way. No one ever picked up a Bible and became a Roman Catholic, an Orthodox Jew, a Mormon, a witness against Yudhei Vuvay, that they call them Jehovah Witnesses, but I, I call them witnesses against. Nobody, you, you, in order to become any of these things, man has to teach you. You gotta go to a catechism. You gotta go to a, a religious training. You gotta be raised in a home. Uh, they gotta teach you the book. They've got to take you to Bible studies and lessons and classes. Anytime you pick up a Bible and just study the Word of God and get saved, you're an evangelical born-again Christian as we are. Um, any other man-made religion that you can add to that, you don't get it from God's Word. They might try to introduce God's Word into their teaching, but the fact is, is we are saved. So millions have believed Millions, billions have believed and received the gift of God, which is the Lord Jesus, which is eternal life, which is salvation. And the final question, whoops, I went past it. Don't worry about it. The final question is, what do you, that's right, don't worry about it. We'll leave it go. The final question is, it's in blue, big deal. Uh, the final question is, what are you doing with the gift of God? Father God, thank you for the gift. Thank you for abundant life that we can enjoy. Thank you for health. Thank you for children. Thank you for uh, uh, enabling us to serve you and to edify one or the other. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for saving our souls. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for the gift. Jamie.
Thank you.